0: Firstly, a big Yashakayach to all the, <clears throat> to the organizers. Just this Pu'ula alone should be enough to tip the scales, as Rabbi Kanta said, the tipping point. We shouldn't have to complete the full 24 hours. We can go straight to Yoshalayim and be together with Mashiach now. I want to say a special thank you to Rabbi Butman for using a Moshel, which is so close to home here in South Africa. You think 24 hours without power is a big deal? Over here, it's every 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, We have many, many rolling power outages in South Africa, you're not allowed to use the word blackout, it's a little bit offensive, so we we have power outages, and if you think that in 24 hours people get used to it, it's a fascinating thing, because the power grid is not strong enough necessary to support all of the demand of the country, and so often you have the power for four hours at a time, just four hours, and the fascinating thing about human psychology is at the end of those four hours, if the power doesn't come back on exactly when it was scheduled to come back on, people begin to panic. It's never coming back on again. So the, the psychology of people is it takes far less time for us to get used to a situation to adapt. I think the coronavirus is another good example. <clears throat> people start to talk about a new normal. And you should never talk about this being a new normal. And uh, equally, we should never talk about going back to normal. Right at the beginning, everybody's saying, we cannot wait to go back to normal. Jewish people don't go back. If anything, we should go forward to something that is greater than the normal that we had previously. Uh, before coming directly to your question, I have to share a story that happened exactly a week ago at our Mashiach Suda. It was a smaller Mashiach Suda because people are still a little bit wary about coming together. And uh, it's just recently that they've relaxed the lockdown restrictions. So we had it outdoors, socially distanced, you know, the whole thing. And one of the guys brought his daughter. He brought a six-year-old daughter to the Moshiach Suda uh, they're a divorced couple so she spends half the time with a mother who is in no way connected to a Yiddish guy and the girl was sitting there and we were sharing Vertlach and singing Negunim and then she, this kid puts up a hand and she says is Mashiach going to come or are we just going to sit here and talk and I thought oh, this is the Nakuda. Everything else is detailed. She got directly the innocence and naivete of a child. She got directly to the point. I was very, I was very touched by that. And I thought, you know, Halavai, we had that same kind of attachment and belief and simplicity. Obviously, it's Moshiach Siddur. What else? Obviously, he has to come. This past Shabbos, the father came to Shul. And he told me what happened when they got home. They got home after Pesach. And his daughter had to phone her mother, you know, as she would always do at the end of every Shabbos, <clears throat> or every Yom t- just to check in, tell her mother what's happening. She calls her mother. The minute the mother answers the phone, she bursts out crying. Bursts out crying. Six year old kid. Mashiach didn't come. The mother had no idea what she was talking about. They actually don't know what the kid is crying on the phone. Mashiach didn't come. And dad said that when Mashiach comes, we don't have to be afraid of snakes anymore. And Mashiach didn't come. So here we are on the 30th anniversary of Koyach Nisan. And it's beautiful. We have this incredible get together, which not only includes the people who are participating now, but it's recorded. So it will be replayed multiple times. But that we should think we've done it. We've done what we had to do. It was the, the date, the date came, we gave it our attention. We paid a tribute to the Rebus called Tut Altsvoseh Ken and that's it, we're here. Somehow we have to find that six-year-old inside of us that really, really believes that Moshiach should come right now and if not, it's devastating to the point that we cry. So, Abutman, uh, your question is an interesting question. How do you change? How do you change the psychology? How do, you, how do you break yourself out of a particular way of thinking that has pervaded the whole of our history, really? It's it's a tenfold what the Eden had in Mitzrayim. They were 210 years, and they had to get their head around the idea of Yetzias Mitzrayim. That means that they were slaves. Their parents had been slaves. Their grandparents, slaves. their great-grandparents had been slaves. Everybody was slaves. That's how do you get your head? How do you change? So <clears throat> let me tell you a story that happened to our family of three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago, our youngest daughter landed up uh, very, very not well, and she landed up on a ventilator for a week. And as a parent, you can well imagine that one of the most difficult things, one of the most gut-wrenching experiences is to watch your own child lying on a ventilator. And she had been sedated for a few days. And in order to wean her off the ventilator, the first thing they had to do was wake her from the sedation. Only once she was awake and able to start to breathe, then they could remove the machines that were helping her to breathe. So they stopped the sedation on a Wednesday afternoon. And they told us, on average, when you stop the sedation, it takes between two to four hours because of the amount of days that she had been sedated. So between two to four hours, we could expect her to wake up. And they told us we should sit there next to her. We should hold her hands. We should sing to her. We should call her name. And within two to four hours, she'll start to wake up. That was on Wednesday afternoon. We sat there the whole Wednesday, the rest of Wednesday. We sat there the whole Thursday. We sang to her. We called her name. We said to him, nothing. No response. Nothing. Friday morning, the doctor came in. And he said, "Look, I think we're going to have to start sending her for brain scans. Something's not right. This should never happen. Should, she should have woken up already. I'm going to wait literally a couple more hours. If nothing changes, we're going to start to do all these tests." Needless to say, obviously, we, you know, we were very on edge, and we continued all the things that they told us: calling her name and singing and saying till him. And so it went through half the day on Friday, and then. Without any, without any warning, without any uh, introduction, without any clue that anything was going to happen, the next thing, she opened her eyes. And from there, her, her recovery became, it be, it began very, very quickly, in fact. So I was thinking to myself afterwards, this was just over a week before the Kinnas Hashruchim that year. So a few days later, I had the opportunity to stand at the Oyal. A few days, uh, a couple of days after that was the Kinnas and I was thinking then it was the first time I had an opportunity to reflect on it. So I was thinking, there you are sitting, the doctors told us, here's the time frame. This is the time frame by which your daughter should wake up and it didn't happen. And not only did it not happen, the doctor started to doubt himself. The doctor started to be, believe that something was wrong, that, that the process wasn't going to happen. But we couldn't have that doubt. We had to have absolute betochem. We had to have absolute confidence that she was going to wake up. And so we, continue, we we didn't go home and say, well, come back, call us when she wakes up. Or the doctor said four hours, and that's it. It's five hours now. We're giving up. Sorry. It's not happening. We didn't have a choice because it's negea nefesh. It's something that you care about at the core of your being. You don't have a choice. You cannot give up. You have to believe absolutely because there are things happening inside her body as it's flushing out the sedation that we're not able to see with our eyes. And just because we're unable to see those things doesn't mean they're not happening. And I felt that that was a pretty powerful Marshall for the idea of the Rebbe having told us that we're living in Yemoisa Moshiach and Moshiach is here and we just have to open our eyes and the idea that everything is done and Kol kolak kitzin and then we say, okay, so you said that. So we're supposed to wake up, right? We're supposed to wake up. And then in the blink of an eye, 30 years go by. And people turn around and they say, what happened? The Rebbe told us a Gulf War that was more than 30 years ago. The Rebbe told us about the collapse of communism three decades ago. What happened? When are we waking up? And you start to feel who says we'll ever wake up. Chas People start to think that way. People start to use all kinds of expressions that we should never use. So the difference between us sitting at our bed, the bedside of our daughter in hospital and we as Hasidim is that in our scenario, the doctor didn't know what to say. And he couldn't show us, look, here is a sign and there is a sign and this is how you should think. All he could say to us was, let's hope, let's pray. But the Rebbe told us differently. The Rebbe told us this is what you need to look for. This is how you wake up. You don't just sit back waiting to wake up. This is how you wake up. We had a conversation in Rechabad a few years ago. It was a really interesting Fabrangan where there were guys sitting around the table. Many of them are not Shema Shabbos necessarily. And they were saying how much time, they were discussing between themselves, how much time would they like to have as a warning before Moshiach comes just to get themselves ready? How much time do they need? It was really interesting. This person said he needed a month. That person said, uh, one guy put up his hand and he said, I just need five minutes. Just, just give me five minutes warning that Messiah's coming and I'm good. And, and subsequently, this was already a few years ago. Subsequently, he often says to me, R- Rabbi, just remember, I only need five minutes. Just give me five minutes warning and everything will be fine. Sometimes you see that the paschete emuna of, of our chevra, you know, it's like we're over sophisticated and they really believe this stuff. We tell it to them and they believe us. News, Mashiach coming, we're just going to talk. Give me five more minutes. The world is ready. The world is absolutely ready. It's it's a fascinating thing. Somebody told me from Torah Cafe, one of the chevra who runs Torah Cafe, that any video they have on Torah Cafe that has the word Mashiach in the title has... Double, triple amount of views of every other video. It's unbelievable. So the world is ready. We're the ones who have to kind of get our heads right. We're afraid maybe I'm going to say something. People are going to think I'm a radical. I'm a meshuganer. I'm out of touch. I'm not sensitive enough. People realize what they're going through. At the beginning of coronavirus, I think people started to realize that all the things they put faith in have failed them. The the great science of the world failed them, the great political parties failed them, the great world economy failed them, and so we're the only voice that could tell them, listen here, this is, the Maharal has a very interesting insight in Perk Chelech, where it has all of the different uh, predictions, what's going to happen before Mashiach comes, the Maharal asks a simple question, why are so many of those predictions so negative, right? What does it say is going to happen? No one's going to have any money anymore. By the way, you don't have to panic about that because uh, the Benish Chai said that when they moved from coins to paper money, that was already the, the, the fulfillment of So I'd love to know what he'd say about Bitcoin. So what does it say? There'll be like this economic collapse. minus Minos, the Maral says, Amin is Malin. It means he's not even alive. The whole Malchus, the whole governing entities of the world will collapse completely before Moshiach comes. Why? Why does that have to happen? Why does it say, Bas that a daughter will stand up against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law? Okay, big deal. What do you think that never happened before? Look in your, You will see in your, when you're you see Tzoros, mothers-in-law, daughters-in-law. I think it's the daughter-in-law, like in the royal family. That's uh, the simen of Moshiach. So why does it have to be all of this collapse? The Maral says because the principle of all real growth is that the entire infrastructure of the world, as we know it, has to collapse to make way for the new and radical infrastructure of the time of Mashiach, which would be a completely different reality. So it's like we are learning about the idea of nardinur, and the idea of breaking down. That in order for the world to be ready for what's coming next, everything that we know and that is familiar to us and that we have relied upon collapses. And then once that collapses, then you can build something which is completely different. So when we talk about this idea of how do you change a mindset, it's interesting. There are two ways to change a mindset. The first way is you have to. There's a surmerah. Break down all of the trust that we used to had. Al bin edivim. All the trust and belief that we used to have in the wonderful, great systems of our world. And I think we're a little bit more susceptible to it as Lubavitches, because the Rebbe encouraged us to use technology and to see the 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 Zoyar noyach about how the the wisdom of uh, um, what do you call it of um, of the the world is going to be a a forerunner to Mashiach. So for us, all the development of science and technology and all of these things, these are simonim of Mashiach, which is true. But then we become susceptible to start believing in all of these things. We start to believe in the technology. We start to believe in the, the great. Uh, wonderful things happening in our world and believe that this is the politicians and this politician was successful in doing this that no previous politician could do and look what's happening in Eretz Israel and look what's happening with our Abraham Abraham Accords and wow, it's unbelievable. These things are all true. We just are susceptible sometimes to not making that switch to realize, to recognize what's happening in front of our eyes. The collapse of systems as we know them is only there in order to produce the ultimate system which is uh, umola oretz deyes Hashem which is the system of, of Abhishthira in this world. So just maybe to go back for one second, even before Abba Butman's question, to something I would, uh, wanted to share just before that. The Rebbe told us that everything that we need to do in order for Mashiach to come has been done, even to the point that yeah. our Habirurim is already complete. And many people have a difficult time with that. What do you mean, Abba Habirurim? What, what exactly are you talking about? How can our Habirurim be complete? Does that mean we don't have to... Uh, what, what does it mean? So what did the Rebbe say? The only thing left is to actually be So let's use a marshal that we could relate to. The Moshe is you're having guests for a Shabbos. Okay, maybe uh, half of the crowd the Eszes uh, Nashim might relate to this a little bit better than the other half of the crowd. So you're having guests for a Shabbos, right? So the guests are supposed to come at a particular time. They're coming to stay the whole Shabbos with you. So in order for you to be ready for the guests to come, you have to go to the shops. You have to buy the things that you need. You have to cook. You have to prepare the room that they're going to be staying in. You have to make sure that you're ready for Shabbos, that you've taken a shower, et cetera, et cetera. By the time they ring your doorbell, that's the time you have to be mechabel, play your guests. At that point in time, what are you doing? You say, well, hang on a second, come in, come in. And while you're bringing them through the door, maybe some people feel this is a bit too close to home. But while you're bringing them through the door, so you're quickly rushing, putting the last things together in the kitchen. No, no, make yourself at, at home. You know, you rip something off the couch before they could sit down because you didn't prepare it properly. You no, know, just sit over there. Actually, don't sit there. Sit there. Uh, out, your, your room is almost ready. Just put your bags in the hallway. In the meantime, we're nearly there. That's not Kabbalah's Panim. Kabbalah's Spanim means all of those things are ready. All of those things were taken care of before. Kabbalah's Pani means that when they walk through the door, you are ready to greet them. You're ready to usher them with your full attention. You're ready to speak. You know who your guest is, so you know what kind of things they're going to be interested in. So you're already kind of thinking along, along those lines. You've made the kind of dishes that you know that they enjoy, etc., etc. Or maybe to use the other marshal that I used before. When we had our daughter lying over there on life support, we didn't have anything to do. That was the medical team's responsibility. They're the ones who had to make sure that she was on the right medications, that they were monitoring her vital statistics. Our job was that the minute she would open her eyes, we would be there to be mekabel. What does it mean we would be there? We didn't have to do anything. We just had to be us. We had to be her parents. That's what we needed to do. We had to be, in other words, Kabbalah's Pnei Shiach is no longer about what we do that's what you do, how you tackle the world, how you change the world. Kabbalah's play Mashiach is now a question of who we are. Who are we? So do we do things? We do things. We make, you know, we do our token Mashiach thought at the end of Shachris every morning for the, for the minion, or we, we do whatever. We get together. We have a fabrengan in honor of Mashiach. These are the things that we do. Kabolas, Pnei Moshiach, is a question of who we are. Who are we? And who we are reflects in how we look at the world, how we read the news, not suggesting necessarily that you have to read the news. There's another interesting debate we had a few, a few months ago in our Chabad. Somebody was very upset at me when I said, you don't have to watch the news. He said, what do you mean you don't have to watch the news? How will you ever know what's going on in the world? I said, that's why I have you. You'll tell me what's happening in the world. Guaranteed. Everybody over here will for sure. You get the WhatsApps that tell you everything that's happening in the world. The question is not to read the news. The question is to know how to read the news. I think it's really fascinating. If you go back to the Sikhs in Nunal of Nunbeis, you'll see a number of times, particularly when the Rebbe spoke about the collapse of communism, have the Rebbe spoke about the nuclear non-proliferation treaty in the United Nations, Mishpatim Nunbeis, etc. You'll see so many times the Rebbe uses the expression that all of these events are me'ein dugma v'achana for Moshiach. And I'm not sure we pay enough attention to that. Because people get stuck and they say, 30 years ago, there was a Gulf War. Therefore, Mashiach's coming now. Okay, Shkoyach. There are a good portion of Lubavitches today who were not even alive at that point in time. So how does it talk to me? How does it relate to me that 30 years ago, the Berlin Wall came down? You know, what, what does it mean? So if you have a look and the Rebbe uses this expression that me'ein, dugma v'hachana, that's the Rebbe teaching us how to open our eyes, how to wake ourselves up out of the slumber of Golas, how to change a mindset that has been in place for 2,000 years. To know how to read events that are happening in the world in one of Ulay Yeshloimar in one of three ways. The things that are happening in our world, either they're a me'ein, this is already a taste of Moshiach, like Darizal says on the Pasak chaim Zochul, that just like you taste the food of Shabbos on Friday, you already taste the inyonim of Moshiach even before the Gula. So either it's a me'ein, certain other things are already a taste, a taste of what life is going to be like when Moshiach comes. Like the Rebbe said with the rationals coming to Israel, is a main of kibbutz Goliath. It's a main, it's a taste of what kibbutz golias is going to be like. Or it's a dogma, it's an example in our world of how things will be in the time of Mashiach. An example, not to say that's how that, that, that technology, for example, is how it will be in the time of Mashiach. It's a dogma, it's an example. So when you have a look around and you see that there's this uh, big, huge controversy now around the CRISPR babies that were produced in, in China using genetic uh, engineering, but then at the same time, you see that they're saying that this is a technology that they're already going to start to use to cure certain diseases. Or when you read about the University of Illinois that were able to produce tobacco plants that grow 40% larger than normal plants, and the next thing they're doing is applying the technology to potatoes and soybeans, because this will help... Uh, solve the food shortages in our world. So that's a dogma. That's an example of what things are going to happen in the time of Mashiach. And then other things are aachana, like when the Rebbe spoke about the Gulf War. That was aachana. Nobody would say that the Gulf War is a main that a war is a main of Mashiach. It's Ahachana, Certain things that are there to prepare our world in order that we should be ready for Mashiach. And that's how we're supposed to look at the world to see which. Which, because everything that's happening, the train has left the station. The process is already in play. It is impossible for it to turn back. It's not that the Rebbe said halavai or bimheir or all these wonderful terms that people use that mean very little. The Rebbe said this is happening, and we have to open our eyes. And we're living in the time of Mashiach. So every single thing that we encounter is either a meein or a dogma or a achana to Mashiach. That's how we have to look at the world. And if we're able to train ourselves that way, then we are ready to be mekabal p'nei moshech. And this is who I am. This is not something I do. I'm going to do another mitzvah. We're going to say a kaputotilim. We're going to do, uh, we're going to be Makaravayid or Whatever. This is who I am. This is how I live. This is how I see the world. Uh, If I could just uh, maybe round off with a story that happened. It's one of my favorites. So a few years ago, there was a big unity Shabbaton here in South Africa. And they had representation from every Jewish organization, every firm organization in the town of 200 students. And what's the Shabbos? They had a big panel. Everybody sat on a panel. And anybody could ask any question they wanted. And the MC went down the line. So everybody had a turn in order to answer the questions. So we went all the way down the line, like two, three times. Somebody put up their hand and they said, I have a question about Moshiach. So the MC, who was a Litvisha fellow, immediately turns to me. I was only the there. He says, Rabbi Shishla will answer that question. Why? Because it's absolutely clear that that's who we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are. We are the people of Moshiach. We are the people of Geula. We have to be those people. And that's what we could do to ensure that we're not lecturing the rest of the world about Geula. We're not lecturing the rest of the world about Moshiach. We're living it. We're living it because we're ready. We Okay, maybe some people still need five minutes warning. Okay, Mela. But at least in five minutes... I have a plan that I know I could be ready for Mashiach. Mitzvah Hashem, just in the schus of the achtus of this amazing event, that alone should be the final catalyst that we should be able to be together with our rebbe.